Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And we're stealing Christmas. Again and again and again. So trim every blessed needle on the blessed Christmas tree. And carve your rare Who roast beast. Because today we're bringing you... All three Grinches. Special thanks to Andrew Scott Bell, acclaimed film composer, for our brand new intro music. I hope everybody enjoyed that. We'll be using that from now on. Thank you so much to Sidetrix for the previous music. Uh, we loved it, uh, but uh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we, we, yeah, we just had the opportunity to work with uh, a very dear old friend and fraternity brother of ours who I think won an Oscar, like a student Oscar. Yes, he did. Yes, so we took uh, the opportunity. And just some quick housekeeping. We are talking about all three Grinch movies today, but this is not our only Christmas discussion. We're talking uh, Grinch today, and then on Christmas Day, which is on Tuesday, there will be a bonus episode, probably between half an hour and an hour, of just Ethan and I talking all things personal Christmas. So be looking out for that on Christmas Day. But for now, we've got the second annual Bacon and Eggs Christmas Spectacular! <laughs> We're talking so about... Three movies today. Three movies. Granted, one of them is only half an hour long, but it's three movies, which is one more movie than we've ever talked about previously. That's true. That's true. We've talked about two movies five times. Uh, We're talking about the three Grinch films. Now, the first one came out December 18th, 1966 on CBS. This is our first TV film uh, on a $315,000 budget, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for critics, 88 audience, and an 83 on Metacritic. That is Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Boris Karloff, Nick. Narrated animated film from the 60s. Yes, very good. Very good. Many days ago. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel s- like looking that up. I should be honest with you. <laughs> just didn't feel like it. This is the oldest film we've talked about as well, correct? Yes. By Beats nine Jaws years. By a lot. Nine yeah. years. Uh, the second film came out November 17th, 2000. $123 million budget made $345.1 million worldwide. 51% critic, 55% audience on Rotten Tomatoes, 46 on Metacritic. This is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, starring Jim Carrey. Yes. That is the, the, the correct title, correct? That, I believe, is also Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Hold okay. on. Hold on. I'm, I think. I don't know. It's hard to find because there's three of them. So it's it's here's here's what it is. The first one is literally the the first two are How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There's no Doctor Seuss in the title, but on the VHS cover of the animated film, it says Doctor Seuss is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and that is also the case for the Jim Carrey film. Now the third film that we're talking about today came out this year, November 9th, 2018, on a 75 million dollar budget, which is less, which is wild, uh, but it's currently made 375.6 million dollars worldwide. 57% critic and audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 51 on Metacritic. That is Illuminations, The Grinch, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, here's here's how I think they got that budget lower. For starters, it's animated, and animated movies are always cheaper. Yes. Because there's no cameras or lights or anything. And Kenan Thompson's cheap. Kenan Thompson's cheap. There's also, like, yeah, there's like four people in it. I'm pretty sure Pharrell is just on retainer with Illumination at this point. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's, I'm pretty sure he just gets, like, a salary from them. And, right. <laughs> and he does, they do whatever he says. He does whatever they say. Whatever. So I'm pretty sure that out of that $75 million budget, probably $40 million of it went to getting Benedict Cumberbatch to do this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I've only heard of, well, I've heard of Rashida Jones, Pharrell Williams, Kenan Thompson, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, and that is it in this cast. Yeah, and the Pentatonics. I, I, is that... Are they in this? Yeah, they sing the song. The God rest you, married gentlemen. Ah, 
Well, Ethan, I'm asking you, what is your lifetime experience with The Grinch? Was this always a Christmas time watch? Did you watch the animated? Did you watch the live action? I saw the live action in theaters, but I had seen the animated one previously, like multiple times. That was like one of our kick off the holiday season movies. Okay. It's like, I don't know if we had it on VHS or if it just happened to come on TV like this, but it'd be like Black Friday, Gray Saturday, Off-White Sunday-ish. Right. It, it would come on TV. We would watch The Grinch. And then it was Christmas because you, you would know when we when mom and I had cooked food for Thanksgiving listening to the Charlie Brown Christmas album and then once you'd watch The Grinch it was Christmas this is one of my favorites uh, and then I saw the Jim Carrey one when it came out in theaters I actually had the like Monopoly game from it Whovilleopoly Whovilleopoly you know where Whoville is right Ethan uh, it's just up the road exit 118B on 64 yeah uh, Charlottesville, Charlottesville Virginia. Virginia all the who's down in Whoville Wahoo Wah University of Virginia Um, yeah and then I saw this one uh, like a month ago and then I saw it again today you saw uh, this one again today? The new one, yeah. I watched the new one and I watched the Jim Carrey one last week and I watched the new one and the Boris Karloff one today. Wow, you, you did better than I did. I actually, so I watched the animated one probably the first 14 minutes of it today just to remind myself what it all was and then I watched interviews with Jim Carrey and Benedict Cumberbatch about the roles. Interesting, interesting. I like where you're going a, with it. Which was a new take for me. Uh, I, I revisited Carrey at our Christmas party but that was on mute just sort of watching it to remember all the nuances to it um and honestly his physical acting is so impressive that it, like whatever it doesn't even matter uh i mean it's jim carrey like right the man's a legend yeah he really is i mean it's the closest thing we'll ever get to another robin williams oh gosh sorry i dropped my thor ah, i was removing uh, my gold thor pop from the box while you were saying all that now i i love all three of them i really genuinely do i do as well and we're definitely there's gonna you know you can't get out of the of this episode without having an answer to like which one is your favorite but honestly it's a stupid question it is a stupid like, question because because you're comparing the same myth three times right and it really is like one of the only examples we have of like three different directors at three different times making the same movie right is like it's it's more i mean there's plenty of remakes but this is like more of a remake right than most things do you have so the the grinch i think carrie's grinch is well the, the animated grinch is literally just book to pay or book to screen right right yeah it's it's i i, I believe so I, I i don't know that i've ever actually read the book in the movie, he's green. In the book, he is black and white. Is he really? It's not in color? No. Huh. I did not know that. Yep. I've definitely yep. never read the book then. <laughs> I learned that this second. I'm sure that there are updated versions where, you know, they've colored him in, but in the original <laughs> That seems 55, like a weird thing to do. It's like, you know, making color movies for a long time was hard because of, like, film and stuff, but, like, we've had colors forever. Right. There's, like, cave paintings with colors. Yeah. And our mountains are blue here. Yes. How many... The purple... Is it one mountain, many majesties? Or many mountains one majesty many mountains one majesty purple, mountains, purple majesty. mountains majesty okay just making sure i've got that right i feel like i always mess that one up hold on i'm gonna fix something with my microphone real quick everybody always messes that one up uh everyone the purple mountains majesty yeah so many many mountains one majesty this is referring to the rocky mountains many mountains one majesty so what was i talking about what was the point that i was just making oh that he was turned green but basically it's like a, a direct adaptation except there's music now and there's really really excellent christmas songs but right, comparing like grinches from illumination and carry where do you sort of land and why i mean you have to have that comparison which one do you prefer not which one is better but which do you prefer i like honestly so the jim carrey grinch is objectively better yes like it is an objectively better performance but like that is a like just pre 9-11 grinch 
That is it from a different world. It is from a different world. There's a lot of adult jokes. There's a lot of adult humor. Right, and a lot of it just doesn't, especially now, it just doesn't land. Okay. And people take the wrong things out of the Jim Carrey Grinch. Um, And, and that was a big complaint with people for the, the new one, the Cumberbatch, is that he's too soft. He's too kind. There's not enough room for, like, growth. But I think that, that his Grinch is more relatable because he's more like a regular person that grows into, like, a... a he takes a more normal journey from being, like, a grumpy, kind of doesn't really like anything, doesn't enjoy socializing with people, you know, still is a nice guy to his dog kind of guy. And he and he turns into, like, a normal member of society who goes to Christmas dinner and has, has friends and family. I love the Christmas dinner in Illumination Grinch. That gave me the warm fuzzies. Yeah. I love Keenan Thompson. I think Illumination Grinch, though, has one thing that might be the best way it's ever been done i think in a movie that that comes to mind okay and that's max yeah illumination yeah. grinch max the dog is perfect max the dog is perfect yeah absolutely max they it, made it, secret life of pets so that they could make max and he could be perfect i like a, a lot of people didn't like secret life of pets that much me included uh but yeah it was it was worth the whole thing for them to figure out dogs right figure out cute dog does cute things right because he's such a character but he obviously never says a word he's a dog right yeah you know this isn't pixar right <laughs> this isn't secret life of pets either right he's a regular dog i wasn't gonna say i wasn't gonna say disney because there's a complicated like like goofy Pluto relationship. What about Bolt? Where like Goofy is a member of society and Pluto is a dog. <laughs> but they are both dogs. But they are both dogs. Who's Goofy's villain? Isn't he a dog too? I have no idea. It's like uh, Pete. What is Pete? I have. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. You don't know who Pete is. Yeah, you're in over my head at this point. Oh, let me send you a picture. You know who this character is. I would imagine. Uh, I just dragged. Into okay, so as long as we're talking about it, as long as we're talking about, it, as long as you brought it up, as long as we're having this conversation, better movie made about a villain as the main character who we're supposed to feel sympathetic to in 2018. Does this score better than Avengers: Infinity War? No. No, absolutely not. Okay, moving on. Cut the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Thanos. Th Thanos Josh is a Brolin. better Grinch. Josh Brolin is the Grinch. That's the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because that's one that's what Josh Brolin needed was another role as a villain in 2018. He was hardly a villain as cable. God. As that was hardly a story. Concerned, cable never existed. Anyway. Yeah, I, I like the Cumberbatch. Grinch a lot more. I think it's a movie that you can just kind of sit with better, and I think it is is going to be a better movie for like today's kids to grow up with than our generation who grew up with the Jim Carrey Grinch, and we're all like miserable on Twitter posting like, oh my god, just hit me with a bus. <laughs> <laughs> That is a direct result of the Jim Carrey Grinch. Now, let me ask you a question about the Jim Carrey. Let me ask you a question about Jim Carrey in general. Would you say that Jim Carrey is overall an overwhelming force of good in the world? I, I don't, I, I guess so. I don't really I mean, know like, much like, about what Jim Carrey does when he's not acting. He donates paintings. As, okay, okay, yeah. I think that Jim Carrey, if I remember correctly, is having some like sincere mental issues at this point, and I think that we should probably check up on him if we're not, because uh, I watched Jim and Andy, and that was terrifying. Did you? Yeah, about playing Andy Kaufman, and you could tell that guy's just kind of losing his marbles a little bit. Okay, would you say liar, liar, dumb and dumber? See, that's the thing Grinch, with me and Jim Carrey, though. He's like Grinch era Jim Carrey. It's a hit. It's it's not a, like a, it's not a hit and miss. There's no like middle ground for me on Jim Carrey. It, it's an either or. Like I can I love liar, liar. I cannot stand dumb and dumber. I won't watch it. I won't turn it on. I love Jim Carrey. I love Jeff Daniels. I will not watch that movie. There is not a Jim Carrey movie that I've seen that I don't like. 
There's, I'm not that crazy about Ace Ventura as a character. I love Ace Ventura. Um, I loved Liar Ray Liar. Finkel. I love Bruce Almighty. I love this Grinch. I love the Riddler. Like, Batman Forever is my favorite Batman movie to this day. You to this Batman day. Batman Begins, Scarecrow? What? Batman Begins with Scarecrow? Nope, still, still, it's a better, Batman Begins is a better movie. But Val yeah. Kilmer and oh. Batman Forever with Jim Carrey as the, with Edward Nigma is still my favorite Batman movie. So, the point I'm trying to say is, in what year did did Carrie come out? 2000. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this era of, of Jim Carrey movies is a goldmine, and a lot of people find a lot of joy out of this period of Jim Carrey's life. Absolutely, so the, like the overwhelmingly interview, positive societal view. So the interview I found of Jim Carrey talking about this role. Listen to this: Jim Carrey on Rosie O'Donnell. Good God, wearing. And then in the interview, he puts on a Grinch glove that's got like extra long fingers and makes multiple OJ Simpson jokes about how the glove doesn't fit. I'm not fit. surprised at all. I mean, that that was that was the that time, That was though. the era. That was, that was like, the time, a, though. Like, can you imagine if Benedict Cumberbatch no, did the like, same thing? No, but like when Jim Carrey was on the press junket promoting this movie, you could still carry a gun on a plane. Right, that's like, what I'm saying. You, you can't, you can't, that, and that's that's the problem, though, and, and, and I, I think that we as a society has finally realized that. It's like, there's some things you cannot hold against an actor. No, I'm not holding this against Jim Carrey. No, I know I'm you're just not. Saying, I'm like, just saying, like, the, 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 the point I'm saying is, in, in 2000, I would have thought Jim Carrey was an undeniable force of good in the universe. Yeah. And then looking back on that interview in 2018, I'm like, oh my god, you cannot yeah. get away with any of this. You know, like, the interview with Benedict Cumberbatch was, like, very calm and soft-spoken. It was, like, well, it was very fun to go and play a character who was mean all the time. That was interesting. But, really, the sound booth was like this, and it was cool working with the director, but it was a very, very safe. Right. Because you know, it's it kids' movie. Like, right. It wasn't like Benedict Cumberbatch walked into this interview and put on his comedy gloves. He like he went into this interview or he put on his like racy comedy gloves. He went into this interview and was like, "I like working with this director. I think this was a fun movie." <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't have racy gloves though. No, he doesn't. Like that's a notorious thing for him. Is he's there's that whole clip of him, you know, saying when some with some interviewer is talking to Natalie Portman or uh, Kira Knightley when they're on the set on the press junket for Imitation Game, and he was like, "Well, Kira, you look tired." And Benedict Cumberbatch is like, "Hold on." How dare you say that to the most beautiful woman in the world? Yeah. Like, he is that, just that guy. Like, he's... Or at least that's what the his his persona is portrayed as. Imitation game. That was, uh... Do you like that one? That was the one about the machine? Yeah, about Alan Turing. It, it was slow. Um, it was one of those, like, we are rediscovering how to make biopics in the 21st century. Please be patient while we put four out every week. Era. I really enjoyed Imitation Game. I did too, I'll but say it was this, slow. Though, it, like, it, it, it didn't dragged. have the the creation of the machine did not deliver an aha moment. No. And that was disappointing. No, well, that's the trick to any biopic is finding a way to take something that everybody knows about and make it a secret. Right. Give you a fake 23 blast with a backside George reverse. Right. It's like you gotta find a way to make and we were talking about this last week with Miracle. You gotta find a way to make the truth compelling. Right. Like Marco Ruzioni's goal was scored with 10 minutes left in the game. And that was amazing. By the way. Ten minutes left in the game. They had to find a way to make that interesting. And that was the thing. That was what I did feel like didn't land in the imitation game. And that from there on out, the movie kind of drug. And I get that it was the dude's real life, but like I've never really been one for just watching people suffer on screen for an hour. Did you like theory of everything? I did. I did. Um 
I, I thought that was kind of like a breakout role for Eddie Redmayne. I think the Oscar winning one was a breakout role for him. Isn't that what he won the Oscar for? No, he won the Oscar that time he was in drag. I think he did for both. He's so good. He won back to back, I'm pretty sure. Talents are wasted as Newt's commander. No, they're not. Yes, they it's are. Still he a just good mumbles character. the whole time. It's, yeah, but he, people love him. I Newt's know commander they brings do. people so much joy. Eddie Redmayne is an overwhelming force for good in the world. He is. He's never putting on his racy gloves. <laughs> he doesn't. That's the thing is we've got this whole crop of like, like posh British nice guy actors right now. Right. But here's the thing. Here's Robert Downey Jr. You know, he's a reformed drug addict. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could put on racy gloves and go into an interview. Certainly. Absolutely. But he and they're just always doesn't. trying to get him to do it. Right. Always. But he just doesn't. They're like, we want cracked out Robert. And he's like, that guy's dead. He is dead. He ate some Burger King and he's back. Right. <laughs> that, is, that is Robert Downey Jr. I always forget that. Yeah. Well, actually, it was that was what uh that was rock bottom for him. Was he said he got a burger at Burger King and it was like the the worst <laughs> the thing he ever experienced. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no. Jim Carrey's Grinch. Like that is. So, well, hang on. Let me roll this back real quick. Whatever you want to say about kids movies not being kids movies, like Illumination makes kids movies. Oh yeah. Capital K, capital M. Like this is. They make minions. Like, let's, let us not forget. And I'm not saying that makes them a bad studio by any means, but, like, this is a kid's movie. Hold on. Let's run down Illumination's list of films, though. I don't care what you say about Minions. I hate the Minions. But I remember when Despicable Me came out, I was like, those Minion things are pretty funny. Yeah, but it's still a kid's movie. Like... It is a kid's movie, but, like, Despicable Me... I've seen, I think, all three of them... And I think I enjoyed all three of them. I'm sure. I'm not saying you can't I, enjoy it. I'm not saying you can't enjoy them. But, like, what, what I mean by this is, like, you always get the conversation with Pixar where people are like, well, it's not really a kid's movie. It's an adult movie that's kid-friendly. And you got the jokes that, like, are funny to kids but are also funny to adults in a different way. Right, this double entendre. Right, like, this This is a kid's movie. Illumination makes kids' movies. These are movies for kids that may occasionally be funny to adults and, and definitely enjoyable, definitely heartwarming. Um, and, like, they replace Lucy K in, in, in Secret Life of Pets 2 with Patton Oswalt. It's like they're doing, <laughs> they're doing well toward, like, fixing that image. Right. But, like, Jim Carrey's 2000 Grinch, that is not a kid's movie. No, that is, like, like Tim would, Burton Batman. I would be relatively alarmed to show that, because I was seven when I saw that, and, like, I wouldn't show that movie to my seven-year-old. You don't have a seven-year-old. You're correct. And maybe when I do have a seven-year-old, I'll be like, yeah, sure, whatever gets you to shut up. Right. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, watch Can one of the Grinches. They're all good enough. Right. Watch one of the long ones. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey is probably safe. Right. <laughs> I think what? the mask is R-rated. Stay away from that one. Honestly, is the it's, mask R-rated? I don't know. There's one of them. Hey, honestly, if you're watching Bruce Almighty when you're 10, there's worse things you can be doing. At least it mentions God. Right. I love Bruce Almighty. God, that's an amazing film. That is an underrated movie. That movie deserves awards it will never get. Yeah, well, because that was... That was like, what, 2004 or something? Was it? I think so. Hang on. It was a while ago. It, it, it's longer ago than you would think. 2003. Anyway, it was like after Jim Carrey kind of, I, I don't want to say he peaked, obviously, but like it was after Jim Carrey's time in the limelight. By that point, we had gotten Will Ferrell. We were getting like a, a new Adam Sandler movie every eight minutes. Are we not still getting that? Like Vince Vaughn was popular at that point. The Wilson twins were popular at that point. They're Brothers, not twins. whatever, whatever. <laughs> Listen. If Hold you... on. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question about 2000 Grinch. Okay. I know we're talking about Bruce Almighty, but I want to ask you a question about 2000 Grinch. Where does it rank for you as far as Ron Howard film goes? Would you say it's like better than Frost Nixon? Better than The Da Vinci Code? Better than Cinderella Man? A Beautiful Mind? God, there's Apollo 13. Good God. God, I forget Ron. 
Because I just think of Ron Howard, I think of Opie from Andy Griffith. Like Solo, a Star Wars kid. story. Ugh. I forget that Ron Howard makes good movies. He directed Grand Theft Auto in 1977, which apparently wasn't that good. But he directed it. <laughs> Hold on, Ron Howard. As far as Ron Howard go movies go, oh, Lord. All right, let me let me pull Ron Howard up. Hang on, I gotta look at this for myself. You said a lot of good things. I gotta remember what you said. Director. I want director, not actor. Stop starring in your own movies. Oh, he's in a lot of his own movies. Yeah, he's in all of his own movies. Lin Manuel Miranda, but bald and red hair. And John Favreau, but short, bald and red. Hey, I hair. like John Favreau. John Favreau can be in every movie. Period. All I'm saying is it was a, it was a little on the nose for Lin Manuel Miranda to be like I'm gonna write and direct and produce and star in it which one hamilton oh he didn't star in it anymore though yeah but he did for like over a year because he's who is he hamilton yes oh, I, I couldn't tell you he's hamilton like that ugh. you know what's crazy to me is that way. was is this the point was that people didn't study alexander hamilton in school we did i mean like briefly we're from virginia though yeah america happened here who, so like i couldn't have told you who burr was oh i couldn't aaron burr's the guy he was the secretary of state or whatever he was the guy that shot alexander hamilton i get him and andrew jackson mixed up which one's the log cabin guy andrew jackson and he was the guy that andrew jackson anti- was the trail of tears trail of Te- and he was against the federal bank right uh, that i don't know i I don't know. I know I, that he I is an unpopular you. American president. Anyway, I would I could have told you before Hamilton came out that Aaron Burr was the guy that shot Alexander Hamilton in a duel. It was stated that Hamilton never fired, and that's why he died and whatever. Han shot first. Anyway, all I know is uh, I remember learning this because I remember picturing like a pile of bodies on top of like 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 two rival pile of bodies. Yeah, and it was just one on one battles, and you would stand on top of the pile of bodies and like fight with a sword because I thought a duel was with a sword. Who, who yeah. brought guns to this? Well, I I I learned about the Hamilton Burr duel in like second grade. Yeah, that's what I was. I can like I remember being in Miss Washington's class and thinking they had swords. I, I didn't think guns were invented in seventeen. No, I learned about the guns. You know about the guns? Yeah, I knew about the guns. Well, the next year they took us on a field trip to jamestown so we went to college in jamestown sort of anyway as far as ron howard movies go uh how the grinch stole christmas is not better than apollo 11 apollo 13 or beautiful mind or cinderella man or the Vinci code or frost nixon or angels and demons or rush i thought you were gonna say rush it was better than Inferno, and it was better than Solo, A Star Wars Story. Out of the Da Vinci Code movies, I was most disappointed by Inferno, um, and I think it's kind of weird they just didn't make a movie out of the third one. Couldn't I love you. those books deeply. That's my That was my one foray into, like, adult fiction. Well, be careful with quote-unquote adult fiction. You don't want people to think you're reading, like, the sex books. No, no, but you know what I mean, though. Like, like right, beach like house not YA. fiction. <laughs> like, like that's you know Robert Ludlum, James Patterson. Oh my gosh! Uh, is the, he uh, James Patterson's the guy that wrote Alice Cross books, right? Like uh, yeah, who's who's yeah, the, the other old white one that dude writes, that writes a, the books about the black cop? Who's the guy that writes a book every thirty minutes? What the guy that writes the book like every twenty minutes? There's a new book from this author. It's James Patterson. James Patterson. And I don't know the Stieg Larson, no, the no, guy that writes the no. the girl that did the thing with the thing books. But anyway, Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code. There's Five of them? Five. Is there five? Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, The Lost Symbol, Inferno, and Origin. Yeah, five. I like the audiobooks uh, because they have a great narrator. Therefore, I got back into them recently. Anyway, not so this is not Ron Howard's best movie, and I truthfully do not think it's the best Grinch movie. I think that Jim Carrey is objectively the best Grinch character. I think that that role was done amazingly, and he is a master of both physical and vocal comedy at the same time. One of the greats at all time, and will be remembered that way. But as far as a movie goes, kind lacks a lot of things for me. First of all, if you watch it again in 2018, it looks awful. It does look terrible. It is terrible. Very, it's very dated. Faded. Yeah. Like the sets yeah. are just uncomfortably like kitschy retro world of tomorrow 
feel. Yeah, they are. They're they're very weird. And all they're, the I mean, people are hard to look at. They are. They look like uh, gophers. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. They look like anthropo. They look like live action Mickey Mouse. I tweeted the other day a drawing of Mickey Mouse with the nose and everything. He looks like a who. Yeah, he doesn't look like a mouse. No. I mean, I that get it. Point. Like, if you were like, "What animal is this?" I would tell you he's a mouse. I would be like, "I mean, I guess it's a mouse." I mean, as much as he- Mickey's as much of a mouse as Perry is a platypus. Perry is a hundred percent platypus. Perry's How blue. dare you? So Mickey's like Mickey's black and black white and white and wearing gloves. Okay, mice can't, mice can't wear gloves? No. What are you talking about, mice man? Don't mice have, can definitely wear gloves. They don't have thumbs. And thumbs shorts. will make gloves work. Mickey wears suspenders. Perry doesn't wear suspenders. He wears gloves. a hat. <laughs> he wears a fedora. <laughs> Perry he the platypus a is a freaking neck beard. <laughs> it's, it's, it, what, what do they always say it is? It's not a fedora. It's a... It's a trilby. It's a trilby. Yeah. <laughs> Perry's, he, he's like a cop. Perry's literally a narc. <laughs> Perry is a detective. Perry is 100% a platypus. Whatever. Perry's not a platypus. How dare you? I'm surprised you even know what Perry the platypus is. Oh, God. What? Hold on. What is happening? Are they making a new freaking Happy Feet movie? Are they? Oh, my God. I went with our best friend's wife on a date to Happy Feet with you. No, they're not. Okay. That was Elijah Wood. I learned that today. I learned that and right Happy now. Feet? Yeah. Yeah, for money. I couldn't have told you that. Robin Williams was in that, too. Apparently. Lots of people were in that. I don't know. I have not seen that movie since 2006 when it came out. But it's just, it's like on digital for the first time ever or whatever. Mm. I've got an ad here on IMDb for it. Can I tell you a funny story about how The Grinch stole Christmas? Yeah. With Jim Carrey? Yeah. This is totally a me thing. So you know how like a lot of people watch The Grinch when it's Christmas time and that's how they kick off the, the holidays and you know, it's that that's the whole thing. That's when people watch it. When I was in high yeah. school, this was my, me and my girlfriend are going to go quote, watch a movie, movie. <laughs> really? I've watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas hundreds of times. Wow. Like, I don't know how to feel about that. And in college, it would say anything. But in high school, it was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I've never even watched Like Say, say anything. anything, the 80s movie? Yeah, that's the one weird okay i'm gonna switch anyway. i'm gonna switch gears here for a second um, yeah i don't want to go into more because detail that may be there. deeply uncomfortable you know on a spiritual I'm glad. i hope that ruined this okay movie for the rest of time so so i've always had this complaint okay about pop figures okay okay it's all about pop figures they call them bobbleheads okay you have some pop figures right I do. Have you ever You're had not. a pop figure whose head bobbled satisfactorily? No, this is very frustrating. A good bobblehead. Hold do on. you remember? I got to show you, man. Gold Thor that I just got from Amazon. Freaking bobbles, man. That is a bobble. He just bobbles, dude. He was just sitting there. He's. I'm sitting here with him on my desk, and I looked over, and I like tapped the desk, and he was just like... <laughs> I was like, yes! You did it, Funko! You did it! I do like that gold Thor, though. That's sweet. By the way, unrelated, thank you for my Christmas gift. I'm holding it in my hands right now. Uh, Ethan got me Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for Christmas. I thank did. You, Ethan. I put it in your door. I saw that. I'm glad that I looked, because I almost just stepped on it and walked right <laughs> I in the had house. concerns about that. But I was like, if I put it in the mailbox, the mail guy might take it. Because he was like walking right up behind me. So I put it in the door, figuring that it would just kind of like flop out when you open the door. Right. Uh, but I did that today, like five minutes after I saw you. Oh, you saw me at work. Anyway. Ethan visited me at work today. So now I get to kick your butt at Smash Bros. Mm, I, I I don't like your chances. Yeah, me either. I'm terrible at Smash Bros. But give me a couple months. I will I'm, I will whoop some butt. I'm very good at Super I Smash I have a Bros. lot more free time than you, though, and this game is a lot of fun. I understand that, but 
I, I mean, you were competing with like all I did for like 12 years. Like I could whoop your butt in Smash Bros and Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game. Okay, well, guaranteed. Listen, anyway, so here's my relationship Until the with end Bros. of time. Just because I'm going to lay it out because I've been asked this question a few times in the past couple of days since I bought Smash Ultimate. Here is Ethan's relationship with Smash Bros. Okay, when I was a kid, I had a Nintendo Entertainment System, like an NES. Yeah. Okay. And then for Christmas in like 2001, I was like, Hey, mom and dad, you know what just came out? The PlayStation 2. I heard it's really cool. What are the odds I could get a PlayStation 2 for Christmas, right? And so I had a PlayStation 2, right? I was awesome, man. It was awesome. I played Tack and the Power of Juju. I played. You never played Kingdom Hearts, though. No, I didn't. I, listen, just let me finish my story here for a second, okay? okay? Give me 30 okay. seconds to, to Final run Fantasy this story. 10? Final Fantasy 10? No, I never played Final Fantasy. I never got into it. Um, oh, man, you missed it. I tried. I tried. I tried. Because I, 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 back then, you could rent video games from like Blockbuster and you get like a card where like you paid 20 bucks a month or whatever and you just got to have a video game all the time and so I'd just go rent video games all the time and if something didn't stick with me I just wouldn't keep playing it right. but like I didn't have to buy a $60 game that I was never gonna play right um, but anyway, so I got a PlayStation 2, man. I came into school, and I, that was the one year that I was, like, the cool kid. It was elementary school, and I was like, I have a PlayStation 2, man. PlayStation, do you know what this means? I can play all the games. And people were like, whoa, you have a PlayStation 2? You must be the cool kid, because, like, nobody else had one for whatever reason. Anyway, the next year, or whatever... The GameCube comes out, right? The Nintendo GameCube, and everybody I know gets a GameCube. But I GameCube, they ran a deal. It was like three hundred dollars for like a, for like a cube and Smash Bros and Mario Kart. Right. So I didn't have a GameCube. I didn't know what a GameCube was. I didn't even have it in Game Boy Advance at that point. Anyway, so I didn't know How what a game. How are you playing Poke? What? I didn't. I, I, I might Crystal have. I might have my timeline mixed up. I might have my timeline mixed up a little bit here. It's entirely possible. Anyway, the year that I that everybody got the GameCube, I had already blown my Hey Mom and Dad, can I get a game system? I knew better than ask for another game system. Like, what's I gonna do with that? I already can't play the system. I have enough because I have school, man. Elementary school's hard. It is tough, man. So like everybody I know gets a GameCube, and I wasn't mad. I didn't know what I was missing. I was like, it's a weird box the discs are really small what why are there 17 knobs on the controller i'm much more for this playstation 2 i'm playing ratchet and clank and jack and daxter this is rad dude like i have not gotten bored of this yet anyway so i would show up to somebody's party and they'd be like we're gonna play super smash brothers and i was like super what because i never <laughs> what's had a, kirby i never had what's Nintendo kirby <laughs> <laughs> I never had an N64, I never had a GameCube, and I never had a Wii. So, like, I would show up, and I would just proceed to get my ass kicked for four hours by everybody I knew who they all had Super Smash Bros. And I was just like, I don't know what this game is. I just want to go home and play Ratchet and Clank. This is crap. And that continued. And so then I was like, people were like, oh, you get a Wii. And I'm like, I don't want a Wii, man. I'm mad. I'm mad at Nintendo. I hate Nintendo. Nintendo's stupid. You, you did not play a Nintendo game for a long time. I do know this. I didn't. I, so I had a Game Boy Advance, right? And then I got a 3DS our freshman year of college. Played more Poke. Played Poke, man. I never had a DS. I never had a DSi. I never had a DS Lite. I never had. What did you do in sixth grade when the whole cafeteria had a DS? I didn't, man. And we were on. Y'all didn't talk chat. to me. Yeah. Y'all cut me Accurate. to another table. Like y'all were like, <laughs> yo, we're gonna sit here and play our freaking Nintendo DSs. It was the same deal. I didn't have an Xbox. Everybody's like, we're gonna play Halo Two. If you don't play Halo Two with us, you're an you did get an Xbox though. I did. And yeah, also, because I remember going home Halo, and being like, you suck. I remember going home and being like, Ma, Dad, if I don't get Halo 2, my friends are going to hate me. <laughs> they don't have that problem these days because Fortnite is available on every for platform. For free. For free. Let me ask you a question, Ethan. Just to sort of switch gears here, I want to get back to your Nintendo thing, but I, I thought of this while you were talking. Okay. Undisputed, what deserves game of the year in 2018? Red Dead Redemption 2. No, Fortnite. This doesn't make sense. Fortnite was last Why year. Would end what? Fortnite was last year. Not Battle Royale. That was this year? Yeah. No way. Yeah. No way, Jose. Yeah. 
Seven seasons, one year. What? Good Fortnite God. Battle Royale. This has been the longest the... year ever. Anyway, Fortnite I hate changed Fortnite. the way. I hate Fortnite. I, I don't hate Fortnite. It's it's a decent game to play. Although it like I remember when I first started playing. I I bought Fortnite. By the way, I don't know if I've talked about this. I bought Fortnite before Battle Royale. Like I owned PVE. I paid sixty dollars for it for Fortnite. For Fortnite. That's wild. And then Battle Royale came out and I was like, oh, this is a really interesting concept. It's a lot of fun. And then I was like, I know what's going to happen because of the creative building element is people are going to get insanely good at that. And the wall between people who are good at the game and bad at the game is going to rise. And there will be no chance for me who does not care that much to ever get a victory royale. And that's exactly what happened. And that is exactly what happened. I wrote that off. I wrote Fortnite off immediately because we played at your house at one time. And I was like, man, there's a lot of building stuff that goes in this game. Game, and I am A, not going to pay money for this because I didn't know it was free at that point. I'm A, not going to pay money for this. B, I do not have the time to put into getting good at this. So I'm just going to miss the boat. And I did. I missed the boat hard. But the time I tried to hop back into Fortnite, I was, it was just, it was, it was Call of Duty, man. Because I remember I was good at Halo, right? You, you had the same deal. I was good at Halo. You were good at Halo. Chris is good at Halo. David Kegley was good at Halo. Mike was good at Halo. Right. We were all good at Halo, man. We practiced Halo. And then Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 comes out. Ruined everything. Ruined everything. Because it was more realistic. It was like one shot, one kill, basically. I just deleted like, Xbox swap. Live, man. As soon as I played Modern Warfare for the first time, I just deleted Xbox Live. I was like, I, I, I got out while I could, man. I'm I saw the light at the this. end of the tunnel and took it. I was like, I'm not going to be good at this game. I do not have the time to dedicate this. I don't have the work ethic for this. I'm not going to sit around and play Call of Duty all the time. I'm not twitchy enough. I got, like, sausage fingers. This I is remember. not the game for me. And I was bad at Call of Duty. I was bad at it. It was frustrating, and it made me hate playing games online. Oh, yeah. I still don't. I, I would like, pay... I a large amount of money to have Call of Duty never be invented. To like go back in time to when Halo 3 was popular and I can go play shoddy snipes on the pit with my friends. Yeah. I feel I would, nostalgia about that. Did you go to the that. land party? No, I couldn't. Oh, man. I thought about driving four hours into town just to go to the land party. It was honestly one of the best nights. I'm sure I've it was. This year. Because those were the best nights of middle school, man. That, that, that was it. We would go in Chris's basement. We'd set up two TVs. And we'd play eight person Halo. We'd play eight person Halo, man. And it was, we're like, it was so fun because everybody was on the same playing field. That's my biggest pet peeve with online is how long it takes to get on the same playing field with other players. Because if you just go in, a lot of online games will have like special forums for people who are new, but there's always somebody who just made a new account or, you know, played a ton at their friend's house or whatever it was that way right. outclassed everybody else. And this, you know what's really good about that? Rocket League. Rocket League is good. Rocket League that. is a satisfying online experience because yeah, it's very well that. tiered to like if you suck at rocket league we're gonna put you with other people that suck at rocket league and you're gonna learn the game and as you get up progressively better we'll put you with progressively better people and that's the way halo used to be call of duty was never like that it's like we're just gonna stick you in with the you know golden gun people out here just like have everything right, unlocked who, they're just gonna who've prestiged a hundred right, times a hundred times yeah i don't even know, i still don't even know what prestige means so uh, i think you could level up to like level 60 or whatever and then you just start over right you start over but you've got like boosts from starting right. over yeah and they did that like 60 times and i'm sitting here like I unlocked one gun and I feel good about myself. I do feel good about myself. I have changed. <laughs> I've I've adjusted every single one of my five loadouts because I have three guns. Right. Okay. And then I thought <laughs> I saw the light back coming back in my direction when Battlefield happened, man. When Battlefield like four, whatever, three or four came out and it became popular again. That was the new game for a while. Call of Duty took over. And then one time I was playing Battlefield in my friend's dorm room freshman year and I got shot through a wall. <laughs> Through a wall. I put the controller down and never played that game again. <laughs>
Like, uh, hard rage quit. Hard rage quit. Like, I'm not trying to be the dude from the Game Grumps or whatever, but like that, I, I know when my, my when my jig is up, man. I know when my game is finished. This is why I loved Borderlands. Like, this is why I go back to you and me playing Borderlands in our dorm room, pissing our GPA away. Oh my god, yeah. Because like, that was fun, man. That was fun. That was the same, not quite the same, but that was a, a similar level of fun that I had with the video game to Halo. Because Borderlands sucked on your own. Yeah. Playing Borderlands by yourself blows. But it's the same with going online with Borderlands. I don't want to play Borderlands online with strangers. No, I want to play it with you and Sean. I want to figure out how to get the most powerful weapons to defeat the like mega bosses without ever going online. Right. Like I want to stumble upon right. the legendary combos. Right. What and I want to do is did. I want to make a ton of money and I want to hire Sean Gervin to play Borderlands with me. All the time. Like I want that to be his full-time job. <laughs> like dude, you can do whatever else you want, but when I call you to play Borderlands, we're on. Let's go. I'm never playing with split to... screen again, though. No? No. I've gotten too used to playing games by myself, man. <sighs> anyway. Borderlands VR looks sweet. If any listeners out there are it does. like, I wonder if Ty and Ethan would like Borderlands VR. We would. We would. PSVR. <laughs> we we have a PlayStation. No, two PlayStation 4. Yeah, I have one. You have one. But no VR. Right. Yeah, I do, do not own PSVR. Anyway, so what... So I answered this question. I answered this question. What do you think about Jim Carrey versus Broccoli Cuddlebarth? I think Jim Carrey's Grinch is unparalleled in terms of character performance. I think this is one of his. I think, I think honestly, it is his best role. And I think as far as becoming a character and bringing something to life in an interesting and exciting way, in an almost methodical way, this, to me, is as good a performance as, like, Heath Ledger's Joker. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Bold claims here. Bold claim alert. I need, like, a sound effect for that. No, 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 no. Just like, because woo, woo, woo. New challenger approaches. I've been playing too much Smash. Listen, here's the truth. Dark Knight is obviously a better film. Joker's obviously a more interesting character. There's no doubt about that, but that's because of better writing and a lot more to work with. Like, The Grinch is based off of one children's book. The Joker is based off of, like, 60 years of comics, right? Right. I think he just becomes that character. It wasn't until probably 2016 that I even knew it was just prosthetics, and it was him in that suit doing the whole thing. Oh, I yeah. don't even know what I thought it was. I don't know either, but because it, it just looks weird, but... I thought maybe the faces were CGI or... Or something I don't know but there's very little CG that went into that whole movie he, he would walk by a mirror and say holy crap I'm the Grinch and he had to have a CIA torture specialist come and talk with him to coach him through how to wear that suit all day because it was so uncomfortable and painful good lord I did not know any of this I learned it today so it's not like I did not know I've known any this, this my whole wild. life that's wild oh really? and he's sorry go ahead no well and he was just saying that it was like yes it was awful and it was torturous but I loved it because I became the Grinch but in my mind it's like the Grinch was created because of you like obviously there was the 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 animated story much before that but that Grinch was like a it didn't have that much personality it was just mean like Jim Carrey's Grinch has to like I'm an idiot and uh you know you can't miss dinner yeah. with myself again yeah yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It is perfect in every way. Absolutely. On that subject, though, I do think people take the wrong thing away from Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah, no, they don't. Because their it hearts gets, don't grow two right, sizes. Right, their hearts don't grow three sizes that day. They're right. just like, oh, man, Jim Carrey yeeting that kid out the window. What a big mood. I want to be just like him when I grow up. Like, no, you're supposed to. That was when he was. You know what? Never mind. Go back to playing <laughs> Fortnite. Right. Go, keep flossing. Yeah. Kids on Twitter. Not even kids. Ki people my age on Twitter that are just like, 
Dinner with myself. Can't miss that again. LOL mood. Ha 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 ha. Never have to go outside ever. Ha ha ha. I think these people are apathetic and sarcastic, Ethan. Yeah, but it's just like I think I don't it is know, toxic man. though. Like I've had a hard end of my 2018 here, and it's just like getting to me lately. People on social media being so freaking negative all the time. Oh man, that's constantly getting to me. I recently took a and and we'll get to to your year pretty soon here. But I recently took like a a, a personality profile for for a thing that spit out a like 45 page document, like a dossier on who I am, and the most common word in that document was optimist. Like I cannot handle right. negativity. Right. Like it just does not compute for me like anytime a bad situation happens i immediately look to silver linings and it gets me in trouble like i am an optimist to a fault where like i will push past the sad part and get right to the resolution of a problem right very often yeah and it's just like people just wallow in the problem man i don't know if i just didn't notice it before or i thought it was all funny and happy-go-lucky jokes and whatever but like it's not no it's not it's awful it's just an epidemic it's just like and it has nothing to do with necessarily like worth it work ethic or any words that are usually associated with apathy apathy it's just like apathy for like life right it's like why existence sucks yeah existence sucks like uh you know might as well not do anything about it life is pain life is meaningless it's the the nihilist attitude you know we we went to a a meeting in college with a bunch of our friends where somebody was like i'm really struggling because i believe that nothing matters i genuinely believe it and i don't know how to not believe it and it was like like that just to me doesn't compute i get that like you know we're, we're fading towards oblivion or whatever i understand the concept people need to read the fault in our stars it's a good book but yeah the whole point of that book was that hazel's wrong Right. And so is Gus. So is Gus. They're both wrong. Right. That they have something to live for. And that thing is each other. Right. It's like, as long as there's something you're doing that, like, you're making somebody happy or somebody's making you happy or, like, you're existing in some way, man. You just got to find that thing. That's that's the thing. I I was having this conversation with myself. I was was mad at my... future non-existent children because i was talking to one of our patrons today who's in high school not today but recently who's in high school that was talking about going to college to study like accounting or business or whatever something safe even though they are very obviously somebody who should study theater and i think my policy for my personal children when that comes around is like okay if you go to college you are required to study something that you enjoy right God, if you I enjoy mean, accounting or business please study it i hope that people like you and me and, and our generation entirely are the reason they have to start making digi channel original movies in the other direction we're like my well, dad's pushing me to be a free thinker and a musician and all i want to do is do people's taxes right like, like i want to watch i want to watch like lo- high school accounting right <laughs> i freaking love of finance management right like my parents are too <laughs> supportive my parents love what i do too much they come to all my concerts they come to all my recitals they're like standing there with air horns man and all i right. want to do is dress in a suit every day and be middle management and i would that's what i want there's a great line in a song this this episode has gotten all over the place there's a great line in a song uh by kimia dawson let me pull it up i think i've talked about it on this podcast before and i know that i have sent these lyrics in a postcard before uh let me let me pull it up well, there's there's so many good lines in this song. Honestly, people, you need to listen to "Same Shit" slash "Complicated" by Kimia Dawson if you don't know the song. Uh, but but let me let me go through through this little verse. Am I supposed to bleep that or not? No, it's the name of the song. Okay. To make this world work, it takes all different kinds. We all have different tastes, different strengths, different minds. So it doesn't make sense to generalize and it doesn't make sense to judge with our eyes. We need more compassion. We need to be kind. If you open your your heart, you might like what you find. Because there are some nice bus drivers and there are some mean bus drivers. And there are some nice cops in Madison, Wisconsin. And there are some nice teachers and there's some mean teachers. Just because you got a mean teacher doesn't mean all teachers suck. And no one is nice all the time. No 
Owen is mean all the time. Think about what someone's going through that's making them be mean to you. Like maybe their pet gerbil died and maybe they're really sad inside. Or maybe they got in a fight with somebody they really liked. Or maybe they are really shy and don't know how to socialize. May just want to run and hide. Not saying that's justified, but if we learn to empathize, the resentments we will vaporize. Situations metamorphose, situations metamorphose before our very eyes. Then the need to stereotype will become outdated when we realize that everyone is really complicated. We're also complicated. We're also complicated. I am also complicated. You know, I have never seen, I've never listened to that song, but like, I feel like I have now because I know what Kimmy Dawson sounds like and I can <laughs> hear that song. <laughs> Uh, there's, there was a different line in that song that I really like. Some people like business. Some people like numbers. Some people grow organic heirloom cucumbers and only feel free with their hands in the dirt and a pair of old jeans and their favorite t-shirt. Some people feel enslaved when they have a boss. Some feel... Some people without one feel totally lost. Basically, the point I'm trying to make is you are required to do what you like. Right. And if what you like is, well, caveat here, if what you like is being horrible to people, stop that. Yeah, right. We need to talk about your priorities and your and your interests. Right. But I do, uh, I do genuinely believe it. And deep down inside everybody, and maybe not even that deep, there is like a good person that wants to make the world better. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I, I, have, I run into this problem all the time. I, I work in retail at this stage in my life. And I I understand that everybody who works retail hates working retail. I get that me. I understand that if you work retail, the world is awful to you and everybody hates you and you hate everybody and all customers are dumb. Like I get all of the things retail people are saying. I love my job. I was gonna say, how bad can it really be in furniture though? Oh, everybody I work with feels this way. Really? But every single one. I mean, you're not working at calls, like. Right, and uh, like it's commissioned. So it's like, but I genuinely love. Why don't you have this couch in my size? Ma'am, because it only comes in one size. We do have couches in your size, though. Uh, but I genuinely love working with the public and having a customer walk in and helping find the perfect product for them. I don't mind working late. I don't mind going in early. I don't mind cleaning the store. I don't mind the downtime. Like, I would say the thing that makes me the happiest at work is working directly with people and knowing that I'm helping make somebody's day. And the fact that I'm a salesperson, like, I, I personally have that inter inner, inner struggle where it's like, I know that this person will be happier if they buy this product, but I also know that they cannot afford it. And, like, dealing with that thing. And I came from, my sales training is all from, like, no pressure sales. And I work in a place that is not asking me to be that way, but I don't really care. I do just fine. Fair enough. Anyway, what I'm saying is I don't understand why people hate their jobs. I mean, I, I worked a job I wasn't crazy about for a while, but like I wasn't unhappy. Right. Like the job gave me the opportunities I needed to do things that made me happy. So like I wasn't necessarily trying to find my life actualization from my job. Like my job was a means to an end. Right. And do I think that would have been sustainable uh, on the scale of decades? No, absolutely not. But for the time that I had it when it was a light at the end of the tunnel situation, I was okay. Like there were days that sucked, but there's gonna be days that suck at any job. There are days that suck making this podcast. There are. There are hard days doing this, which is weird. Like this part is never hard. I'm never like... No. There are times where we go late, but I'm never like, I don't enjoy this right now. Right. And there are times where I'm like, I am not in the state I need to be to record in. And then I, you know, I do the job to, to get myself to a point where I can come on here and I can sound super happy and super excited and super fun and super, let's do it. Let's get movies. Let's get energized. Fun topics for fun yeah. people. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's not, I mean, this doesn't, this isn't, this isn't work the way like telemarketing is work, but it is still work. And, and because right. of that, my brain is always going to be like, sometimes I don't want to do it. Right. I just want to play another round of smash. Or I, just like, wanna... I could just do anything other than edit this episode right now. Right. But I, you know, and I did a job that I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about, but I had a lot of fun while I was doing it and it had other benefits other than just the things that you're 
you know, normally get from work. And so I'm not upset about it. But like, if I if I did that job forever, I'd probably hate it. But I would just go find a new job. Like, and I get that that's not necessarily an option for everybody always, all the time. And that a lot of people are, just keep bouncing from job to job trying to find the thing that's going to make them happy. Comes from within yourself. Right. Well, and also just occasionally, like, you probably should have studied something else in college and just like, you know, people make mistakes. Yeah, is that a little self-reflection there, Ethan? No, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I was, you know, <laughs> if I was getting down the line with seven sales jobs, just really dreaming about building bridges, I right. probably, probably messed up. Right. I have very few trade aspirations that I couldn't go into. Like, I have zero desire whatsoever to be a professional engineer. Not even remotely interested in that job. I am remotely interested in, like, building houses or like electrical or i have i have or even plumbing comes to mind i do not have an interest in being an engineer like a city planner i have interest in being an engineer like train driver you do not need an engineering degree for that no but that's a different kind of engineer it's the same job it is but it's a different kind of engineer somebody the other day was talking to me and she was like i'm an engineer from the railroad and just like kind of expected me to know what that means i immediately was like you drive trains for a living no and they were like yeah i do this all this stuff and I was like that's not driving trains you need a new job title yeah it's very confusing in the railroad this industry. is the one industry where engineer means something else I like my little curly mustache people listening can't tell but you can see it <laughs> oh you can hear the mustache can you oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> definitely you can definitely hear plays. the mustache you, you, you remember that Lego movie episode that everybody talks about everybody's like that's my yeah. favorite episode that was the mustache talking man Vitruvius Ooh. it's not about the mustache you wear on your face it's about the the mustache on your heart. How much does a mustache cost in Froyo? Like seventy nine dollars. <laughs> uh, I mean, what it, it weighs? How much do you think your mustache weighs? Two ounces, maybe. Two ounces, tops. Yes, yeah, yeah, probably eight thousand dollars. Yeah, approximately the price of one uh, Subway five dollar foot long with chips and a drink. <laughs> how does it happen? I don't know. Without fail, though. Without fail, though. Let me get the let me get the meatball marinara, man. Five dollar foot long. What's up? No, I do not want extra meat. That will make it more than five dollars. Oh, do you want chips and a drink? That'll be seventeen thousand dollars, four hundred ninety-eight cents. How did we get to this point? Like, Subway. I'm Subway. gonna need like an itemized receipt. How much are you charging me per Miss Vicky sea salt vinegar chip? <laughs> How much per grain of salt, Subway? Where is the How lie? <laughs> Tell me, Ethan, what is objectively the best flavored chip? Salt and vinegar. Oh, oh, oh. Hello. You sour cream and onion people are wrong, okay? Sour cream and onion, whatever, it's good. But the thing you're looking for out of the sour cream and onion is better achieved by a salt and vinegar chip. Because you get a salt and vinegar chip, you get the sour, you get the tang, you get what you're looking for, and you don't have onion breath. No, Jeff, salt and vinegar breath. That's better than onion breath. I don't know about that. What? Do you, how do you feel about, like, a barbecue lay? I love a barbecue lay. I specifically love the uh, sweet southern heat barbecue lay. You know what I'm talking about? The purple bag. Oh, I do like the You know what I'm bag. talking about? Do because you like you eat the that purple one. Dorito bag, though? Yes, because it gets the same. It's the same. It's the sweet and spicy nacho, right? I think so. Yeah, you get the same thing with both of these chips. It's a purple bag thing. Okay, so you eat the chip. You're like, hmm, that was nice that was a good rounded flavor nice little sweetness to it ow <laughs> i'm a big fan of uh there was an underrated chip i was just thinking about i like the all dressed ruffles i have not have had, had those i have not had those have you had the all dressed ruffle i'm not a ruffle guy i'm a ruffle, ruffle guy uh-uh too much surface area on one chip well i don't necessarily like ruffles like, I don't need Ruffle brand wavy chips, but I do like a wavy chip. They're like... It's too much... They're like flakier. It scratches me. Nah. Nah. You're eating it wrong. What kind of fry do you like? Are you a waffle fry guy or are you a, a fr- like a traditional McDonald's? No, I'm uh, like here's a the steak truth. fry. Here's, whoa. 
Hold on, here's the truth about fries. McDonald's makes the best fry. I know that I don't wanna believe this. I know that I don't like McDonald's. I know that they're like the Disney of the McDonald of the fast food world. It's an absolute undeniable, without a chance, fact that McDonald's makes the best French fry. They do. They, you they know why? honestly you know why? do. Because their fries taste like something. They do, they're very They have good. a flavor. I will, I will not do this with any other restaurant. I will drive through a McDonald's, order fries and a drink and nothing else. Every time I go to Wendy's for whatever reason, I'm like, do I have to get the fries? I know, can I do a four for four, but instead of fries, get two junior bacon cheese? I'll pay more money for it, dude. Like, <gasps> even if I'm getting a combo, like chances are I just want the sandwich and the drink. I'm gonna eat one of your terrible, nasty fries. Your premium cut sea salt fry, they taste like butthole. <laughs> eat a lot of butthole? No. They taste like you cracked open a raw <laughs> potato and just licked it. Just like, oh, let me get some potato in here. I yeah, have, they're not I good. have never at any point been satisfied, though, by a restaurant French, not like a fast food restaurant French fry. With the exception of McDonald's? No, even McDonald's, man. Even McDonald's. I'm like, this isn't that good. I do not get the hype behind french fries. I love potatoes. I love baked potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. I love hash browns. I do not- I could take or leave french fries. If you told me tomorrow french fries were illegal in America, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably okay. That should probably be a thing. I would not be sitting there going to some like Ronald McDonald speakeasy, just like, yo, let me- hold on. If I say gastro pub, can I get in the back room and get some french fries? No. I'd just be like, cool. I guess I'm not eating more french fries. What do we got side now? Steamed broccoli? Sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. Why on earth do they not sell real vegetables? Because- like, a potato's not a vegetable. Yeah, no. So <laughs> I read an interview with somebody, I don't even remember what, but the quote, the like, the headline quote was, something evil happens to a potato when you fry it. It's, because it's and it, just now It was like, yeah, it's, it's now just like, it is just a sponge for grease. Grease and carbs. Right, and it's like, you know, the serving size on french fries is like four fries. <laughs> Uh, this is a true story. Uh, my wife and I did Weight Watchers for a few months, which, by the way, is an excellent program. You should totally do it. Um, ye listener or Ethan, I don't know, whatever. Uh, uh, you can get at um, Chick-fil-A, you can do grilled nuggets and a Diet Coke, you're at one point. One point Weight Watchers. You get like 30 points a day, roughly, give or take. That's one point. If you do grilled nuggets, Diet Coke, French fries, that's 11 points. I the believe fries it. are 10 points. I believe Ethan. it. And that's the thing is like, I would so much rather have like a little tiny Caesar salad. Yeah. And I know people Caesar are like, salad. well, Caesar what? dressing's bad for you and the croutons are bad for you. I'm like, it's not as bad for me as 45 French fries. Right. And what you can do, anybody curious about how to get the best fast food on Weight Watchers is to do the chicken soup sub for fries. And now you have delicious chicken soup, grilled nuggets. And a Diet Coke, or, yeah, Diet Coke. Although, Don't like, do the sweet tea. Yeah, like, That's dangerous territory. 90% of the time that I've gotten fries with a meal at a fast food restaurant. I'm like, I get through my burger or my nuggets or whatever sandwich I got and I'm like, I don't need these. I'm not even See, hungry a, anymore. Why did you I'm give me fries, these? Why am I still fries eating them? first. Fries first kind of guy. But this is also goes back to in the United States, there's this weird culture where there's this strong pressure that you have to clean your plate. Yeah. Why is that? Not only do we already throw away too much food, which I'm saying throw away more, but why do we clean our plate? I, I don't get uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't get the world. I didn't get it when I was a kid. I would eat until I was full and say my mom gave me like five, five chicken nuggets and you know, five little florets of broccoli. I would eat like three of each. And my parents would be so frustrated that I didn't finish my food. Well, because when, when you were a kid, they were trying to get you to like eat food. Like it right, didn't really matter when you were grow. four, it didn't really matter all that much. What food? Right. Just that there it's was just like something you ate something and weren't going on. to starve to death. Right. Like you were not going to malnourish yourself. Um, but no, and, and I mean, it's, there's a pressure everywhere to, to clean your plate and to like eat the food that's given to you. But we should probably start listening when the entire world is like, Hey, USA, your portion size 
sizes are enormous. They are enormous. It's insane. The more I grow up, the more I understand why Outback Steakhouse gives me a steak the size of a quarter. Because you don't need Yeah, because you don't need any more, dude. Just like just train yourself to don't eat that much. You don't need to eat that right? much. That's what I'm That's saying. It's like you look at any diet website ever, and this is why Weight Watchers works. This is why Weight Watchers is so strong, is because it cre it just creates a caloric deficit. That's how you right. lose like, weight. End of oh, story. Yeah. Like, the, the math of losing weight is super simple. Like, people, people don't realize it's like 80% diet, 20% fitness. It's like 95% diet, 5% fitness. Right. Like if you're doing insane amount of workouts, obviously that's going to have more of a pull, but you can lose a ton of weight and never go to the gym. Right. You'll just still won't be fit. Right. <laughs> you, you will be you, skinnier. You won't be fit. But you will not be fit. Right. Like that, it's it's that's a different all thing. And it's like and, there, and that's the thing is you can find and nobody listens to it, but you can find a million websites right now that are like, how do you lose weight? Well, the first step to lose weight is there's no secret. All you gotta do is create a caloric deficit. And everybody's like, well, I don't want to do that. Find another right. website. What? Find a website that's What's... gonna tell me what I want to hear. That there's a magical fad diet where if I cut out carbs, or I cut out you know, if I don't eat any starch. Or like, I never look at broccoli again. I will lose weight. And and the problem with the fad diet is it's so unsustainable. Because let's say the, the fad diet is like, I don't know, eat 20 carrots a day. That's, that's all you have to do. You can eat whatever else you want. But if you eat 20 carrots, that'll give you the fiber you need to poop the rest out. Right. But this is, the, this is the imaginary fad diet. Now, Tuesday rolls around on your first week. You only eat 10 carrots and you discover I'm still kind of losing weight. And now you've given up on the whole diet because you don't have to do exactly what it is, says. You discovered that it's all mental. So let me, let me put it this way though. Is eating 20 carrots a day helpful or hurtful? It is helpful. It is helpful. In this, in this No, scenario. no, no. Like in real life. Carrots are zero points. Eat as many as you want. Are they? Yep. Okay, because that's one of the ones that people are, that, that all the websites are like, yo, yo, vegetables, rad. Stay away from carrots though. Carrots are evil, dude. Carrots have like so much sugar. Now carrots are fine. And I'm I sitting mean, here carrots, like- Carrots are on the list of veggies you're not supposed to down. You're not supposed to do carrots or corn. See, corn I could see, but like I could eat an unlimited amount of carrots. You're fine. Like I could walk into my fridge right now, no rant, nothing, just take like- a bag of raw carrots and like that is a meal. Yeah, you want not, green veg. I mean, for sure, is the idea. for sure. That's what I'm saying though. It's like if yeah. I decide to make a change in my life where I'm gonna eat 20 carrots every day, is that gonna make my life worse or better? Here's the thing: is if if carrots are replacing a non-vegetable, guaranteed better. Right, guaranteed better. <laughs> guaranteed. Like unless, yeah, actually vegetables. I would say veg. I mean, I'm obviously not a nutrition expert, but I am of the impression that vegetables are the best thing for you, and then right. fruit, and then everything else. Because like carrots are one of the few vegetables, and then grilled chicken, and then everything else. <laughs> carrots are one of the few vegetables that I like raw. You don't like broccoli? Nah, I'm not crazy about raw broccoli. Uh, I'll eat it I'm for big, sure. I'm a big fan. But like, if I got something to like dip it in, I prefer raw lettuce to cooked lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. But I mean, like, out of the vegetables that you cook. You can eat as much lettuce, carrots, you can eat as much vegetables and pickles as you want. Yeah, and, like, celery and stuff. That is a vegetable. Eat, like, a million grams of celery a day, and you'll... If you, all you lot. eat is celery, you will lose weight. <laughs> you will lose a lot of poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real secret. Poop I mean, a lot. Poop a lot. I mean, that's why you drink water. I mean, I was when I did wrestling in seventh grade, I one time watched <laughs> C.T. Televi lose seven pounds by taking a dump. <laughs> it's all about making weight, man. That was seventh grade. We should ban wrestling. Ago. I don't understand. My uh, one of my coworkers uh, is big into wrestling. Or her her son just started going to wrestling, and she showed a video. Oh, okay, it was just a bunch of like seven year olds. I thought you were about running to, right. Into I was about to show. have to have a conversation with you about like wrestling versus like wrestling. No, a lot of people are into wrestling. I love wrestling. I mean, I don't I don't follow it. Or right, anything. but that's not like a that's not like a toxic thing. Like no, 
It is that is the best version of trashy television. What like WWE Raw? Yeah, yeah. That is like real life clickbait. Yeah, because it's, like, it's just scripted and fake and everything, and they're constantly trying to like put good messages into it, but still sound awesome and sell you on the pay per view. Right, but it's just like, like if you think this is good, John Cena wait won until the cage the match. Marine. Yeah, John Cena was like a stand up guy. People were like, we like John Cena, therefore John Cena won a lot, and all the people that were mean to John Cena lost a lot. Right, <laughs> even when we went to Raw, it was. Is like we went last time we went did you go with me i've been with you once i think it was the first time you went okay were we on the floor or in the stands we were on the floor okay the time i was in the stands and it might have been the same when we were on the floor uh it was like john cena was on the decline in the like thing because wrestlemania was coming up john cena was been, hurt you know, when like, you and i went okay so the second time i went john cena was in the decline because it was like three weeks before wrestlemania and he was gonna have to fight somebody and win the title um uh, and basically like they finished airing the show and john cena comes out and like all these other wrestlers come out and they just have him whoop Everybody. Yeah, that was the time we went. Yeah. It was yeah. like John Cena versus The Shield. Right. And it was like 30 it was like, people against it was John like, Cena. Yeah, after the cameras are off, just for the fans to watch John Cena destroy somebody. Because that's honestly the only reason we were there. Right. Because that was when John Cena was the guy. Right. And if Dwayne Johnson was in Roanoke, I would have exploded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That would have Dwayne been Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, overwhelming force for good in the world. Yes. If he runs for president, will you vote for him? It entirely depends on who he's running against. I'm not going to ask any more questions then, because we don't talk politics on the show. <laughs> I would vote. I will keep this off the show, but I would vote for Dwayne the Rock Johnson over Donald Trump. As would I. I just think that that would be just a really fun four years to be an American. <laughs> like I, I mean, I, Reagan, that is what, Reagan is one of the most loved. What? Reagan is like the oh, most sure. loved person I, in I, history. I, for, I fully believe that we should elect Joe Biden. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because he's the well, he's the Democrat that makes me hate Democrats the least. God, they're so hateful. But like Joe Biden is just he's George W. Bush but a Democrat. Like he's just kind of an idiot, just like a decent right. guy. I want to vote for Cheney. Is he still alive? I, I'm glad that we've decided that George W. Bush is cool again. Yeah. That was a sad time when everybody thought he was an idiot. Yeah, well he is an idiot. But he's a lovable idiot that like paints for veterans. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not talking politics. I've just got patches here that I just keep Bacon and eggs patches? Yeah, real patches. Let's talk some Grinch, though. Let's Grinch it up a little bit. You never answered me. Which is your favorite Grinch? The first one. No, at which, which Grinch? Like, which Grinch? Like, Jim oh, Carrey versus... Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey by a mile. I would agree with that. But I think that... I still think that Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch is important in 2018. I do, too. I hope my kids, like... I mean, again, I don't have children, but I hope that when I have children, I can show them this movie because I feel like the 66 version, it's great. It really is, especially for anybody that has like an appreciation for the history of animation and an appreciation for the history of the character and all that. But I feel like a lot of six-year-olds don't have that. And I think they can tell the difference in quality between like a Pixar movie and a 1966 hand-drawn animated film. Yeah, So for sure. I think the new Grinch is an excellent thing for the Chitlins. Well, I think... I think that because it is give me this it's beautiful yeah oh yeah it is really well made I, I, and illumination has a cool style they're working with and i like that they're finding their feet with their own style yeah and they're not just trying to look as disney as possible yeah i think that was <clears throat> poor dreamworks they gotta try harder you just gotta do better you, you, got you gotta to. do better now there's now there's two people that are playing the game yeah true 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 there's two people other than you right like, the, you have another competitor in the Can We Beat Disney game. Yeah, and, and Dragon, How to Train a Dragon, that's a good series. Um, I think Carrie's my favorite Grinch by far. But here's the question. We talked about Max. 
being better in in Cumberbatch. Uh, Cindy Lou Who. Now the New Grinch is is really a big Cindy Lou Who story. I guess so is Jim Carrey's. Um, but I love the story they've got going here with Cindy Lou Who in the new one. Yeah. Oh yeah. The single, the, mom, the single mom like kid helps out as much as she can. All she wants for Christmas is her mom to get a day off. God, like, I'm I weeping just thinking about it. Like I know. Yeah. I mean, it, and and it's it's it, you know it's very sign of the times. It's very like because it's a single mom, which is like the big thing that we're fighting for right now. Is like women's well, rights we want less of that <laughs> no, yeah we want less of that but like we want those people to be accepted as parents like we want those people to be you know we, we're fighting for women's rights and she's like a strong working mother she's a nurse because apparently Rashida Jones can only play a nurse now and Perkins, and Perkins. Uh, but I mean Jim Carrey's Grinch was, was important too though because Jim Carrey's Grinch was a return like yes it was funny it was hilarious but it had the song and it had a message and it had been a long time since there was like a good Christmas movie that like kind of brought a tear to your eye do you think 2000 Grinch did that you, yeah, you yeah 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 whenever every time that, that where are you Christmas song plays where are you Christmas and multiple multiple people who I've talked about recently have have had that experience where like they cried during that song but like nobody cries during the Santa Claus nobody cries during the Santa nobody Claus. cries during Home Alone nobody cries during National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There was like 30 years where we just made, and I like some of those movies, where we just made like kind of B-list Christmas comedies. You think like Christmas that was, Vacation is a B-list Christmas comedy? No, I think that one's really good, but it's like there was no, there was no substance to it. Right. Christmas Vacation. Shitter was full. Yeah, Christmas Vacation <laughs> is just National Lampoon's Vacation at Christmas. And I don't I don't really uh, care for Home Alone. Um, No, I, I had never gotten the hype. Home, Home Alone, Alone just rewards bad Alone. parenting. Like Kevin's okay right. at the end. I had the Sega Genesis uh, Home Alone 2 video game. I loved that. That was an awesome game. But I've never been big on right, the films. Like, and that was the thing is like you had, you know, in the, in you know, all the way from It's a Wonderful Life, whenever that was, like the 20s, up through like the 60s, you had these Christmas movies with substance, man. With stuff behind them. They all had that tear-drinking moment and it was gone for a long time. And then you had the Jim Carrey Grinch and then after that you started having stuff like, uh, you know, like Love Actually. Oh, you I have Love Actually. Elf. And like I watched an interview today um, like with uh, John Favreau and Will Ferrell 15 years later from Elf, like what an impact Elf has had on Christmas movies and stuff, and they were all they were. I was just like, I was crying just listening to them talk about like the letters they get from kids who like connected with that movie and love that movie even still to this day. It's a good, good movie. And so I think that the Jim Carrey Grinch had a lot to do with like bringing Christmas movies back kind of into the spotlight. They started making good Christmas movies again. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Obviously, they're they're Christmas movies. Why does every Christmas movie with Santa get a pass? on the parents not believing in Santa. What do you mean? Like every Christmas movie where Santa is real. Like, take the Santa Claus, for example. Who the hell do these parents think is buying their children presents? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's where it all falls apart. It drives me insane. <laughs> That's where it all and falls like, apart. I can, I can never get past it. It's like, in, in Elf, why does nobody believe in Santa? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where do these things come from? Do you who, think the other who bought my kid it? a hoffboard? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Drives me insane. And this, like, I don't know why this bothers you know, me so much because because when you watch these movies, you're just supposed to accept right. it. And that's the thing is, like, you know why they get a pass? Because I've never thought about that until right now. You've never thought about that? It's never occurred to me. How? Like in the Santa Claus. Okay, first he's of divorced. all, it has been... there's no way. There's no way Tim Allen thinks the wife is buying presents okay. and bringing them to Tim Allen. First house. of all, if you think I have seen the Santa Claus more recently than probably 1999, you are sorely mistaken. Tim Allen is divorced. Divorced in that movie. Okay, single, not single. Well, yeah, single father. That's where he becomes Santa, right? 
Like, yeah, he kills Santa and becomes Santa by putting his pants. Okay, on. so I didn't get that. <laughs> I forgot about that. That he like accidentally kills Santa, <laughs> knocks him off his okay, roof, and then so becomes I, Santa because of the Santa Claus. As when I was when I was. That movie came out in 1994. When I saw it, I was probably four years old. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't know what a clause was, like, no, like, me like, a, like a, like a legal clause. I thought right. for the longest time that, that is how you spelled Santa Claus. Okay, I thought that that was one of those words, like C L A U S E. I thought it was one of those words that we said it with an E, and that the British said it without an E. Really, like Santa Claus was the European way to say it. Santa Claus. So I like, I got like corrected on like Christmas papers in elementary school. Because I was writing claws. Right. I didn't because get Tim it. Allen. Tim Allen was, he was Tim the Toolman Taylor. He was home improvement. He was Buzz <laughs> Lightyear. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he might as well have been God. <laughs> Who was the first actor you thought was God? That like now you look back and you're like, how on earth did I think that was God? Why? What do you mean? Like I, when I was a child, I very, very specifically remember thinking, this is so this is so embarrassing. Let me see if I can find a, a picture of the character because I couldn't tell you who the actor was based on these shots. Uh, oh my! You know gosh. who? I'll tell you the an actor that I thought was somebody that they weren't. Uh, we were talking about Ron Howard earlier, right? You know, Ron Howard, the director. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Richard Dreyfuss from Jaws played the the like uh, the nerdy guy, N- not mm-hmm. the cop, not the ship captain. Richard Dreyfuss. I thought Richard Dreyfuss was Ron Howard really? for like a long time. Interesting. I was just like in my head, somebody said Ron Howard. That's who I thought of. It was the guy from Jaws, and then I saw Ron Weird. Howard. In Arrested Development, and I was like, and it was like, this is Ron Howard, and I was like, no, it's not. Do you, you definitely don't remember this movie. Uh, it's called The Big Green, 1995. It's a movie about a kid's soccer team. Never seen it. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's nothing. It is like, it, it's just a, I guess just a kid's movie. Oh, yeah, it was the 90s. Uh, they made kid's movies then. Right. 1995 was pre-Toy Story. Are you looking at the cover of it yet? Yeah, it's a kid with a soccer ball where his nuts should be. Yeah, I thought... Patrick Renna, who's in, uh, you probably know him from the Sandlot. That's what God looked like in my mind. Patrick Renna on the cover of this on on the cover of this poster. Patrick Renna, he's the kid. Is the kid is the kid in the middle. He's the goal. You thought he was God. I didn't think he was God. That's just like how I pictured it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know what? Related movies to the Big Green Blank Check. That movie was a bop. What is Blank Check? Blank Check is about a kid that like either finds or steals some rich dude's checkbook and just like balls out for a weekend. Nice. Just starts writing checks for stacks. We watched it on like the bus on like a charter bus on a field trip in like third grade. Anyway, the first actor I thought was God, I think, I think I literally thought he was God, was Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life. Because the only thing my te- my like three-year-old brain connected was that he was the one that gave angels their wings. Mm. Me being like three or four years old, having like a vague understanding of Christ, knowing right. how that whole thing works. I thought Jimmy Stewart was God. I was like, why would they make a movie about God if they're not going to use God? <laughs> like, that makes sense. Jesus was a white dude. This guy is a white dude. I don't know if you could say Jesus is a white dude. I, I'm saying but... <laughs> it sarcastically, obviously. I was three years old, man. I looked at the crucifix. Jesus was bronze at my church. <laughs> or brass. Oh. People aren't brass. People don't come in that color. Man. So, Cindy Lou Who. I want to know more about Cindy Lou Who. I like Who. Cindy Lou Who a lot better in th- this one than the Jim Carrey. That's where the whole Jim Carrey thing falls apart for me is when you look at the actual story. The Holiday Cheermeister thing, stupid. The mayor, stupid. Sorry, 
Jeffrey Tambor, not your best performance, buddy. I don't dig it. The mayor is like, the neighbor to the who's is like a hoe, right? Yeah, whatever her name is. I don't know. I don't know anybody's name. They're all Martha May, somebody else. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and they've got the best lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like the the they're, they're the Danny DeVito family in that Deck the Halls movie. Matthew, Matthew Broderick, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly Yeah, 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 where about. Danny DeVito has these lights. I just watched this movie the other day. The movie's so bad. Um... But Danny Video's got all the lights, and that's like what they are. They got all the lights. They're the envy of the neighborhood because they got all the lights. Do you have this in your neighborhood? No. We have a street in my neighborhood where, like, if you live on that street, you do the lights. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I drove through there the other night. It's cool. On the way to your house last night. I'm glad that my house is not that street. Yeah, that's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. There's one dude in Honey Hills where he must have that up all year. And just, like, on his house, turned off. You know, that's in that Redneck Woman song. Gretchen Wilson. Yeah, is it? Where she where she has her, her Christmas lights up year-round. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely people that do that. I'm not one of those people. Christine Baranas, Baransky, Baransky, Christine Baransky, Martha May Huvier. Yeah, she's the local, you know... Floozy. Floozy, yeah. The flapper character. This looks so much like a Tim Burton movie. This person's name is Lou Lou Who. Yeah. Their last name is Lou Who. Yeah. God, I hate this. Cindy Lou Who. No, Cindy Lou is her first and middle name. You think so? That's how, that's how I always thought. Jim Carrey and Christine Baranski both in this movie. Obviously, we already talked about that. I'm just clicking through pictures. Okay. Sorry. There's some good shots from this film. I like how in uh, the Jim in the IMDb page for the Jim Carrey Grinch that the third build character is Max. Is it? Kelly the dog, yeah. Aww. What else is Kelly in? Uh, Spoon-fed yeah. reality. If you look at at this dog's IMDb page, it says, Kelly is an actress known for the How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Spoon-Fed Reality. In oh, 2011, there's an almost 90% chance this dog has passed on from this world. Hmm. That makes me sad. That's a cute dog, though. Was a cute dog. Is a cute dog, possibly. I would tend to doubt it. Oh, Kelly. Yep, third build. Jim Carrey. She played a male in this movie. Jim Carrey, Taylor Momsen, who plays Cindy Lou Who, and then Kelly the dog. Taylor Momsen, has she become anything? She is, she's in Spy Kids 2, she was an underdog. Uh, she has not done anything since Gossip Girl. Ah, but she was Jenny Humphrey. I don't know who that is. She is the girl that Chuck Bass tries to sleep with in the first episode, even though she's 14. Why do people like that show? I don't know, man. I don't know. They all think Chuck Bass redeems himself, and I think, to me, that's unforgivable. The guy that plays Chuck Bass is like a horrible person, right? I don't know. He was in White Gold and I loved that show. I understand he did something that looks like reprehensible though. Yeah. If you... What? I, I, I'm curious. What, what, what are we looking at on time? Just real quick. 143. I'm curious. So let's talk about some rankings because this goes on our Christmas board. Yes. Okay. And this is kind of an interesting... I think all of them without question are better than Polar Express. Yes. But the Elf question is what gets I don't think any me. of them are better than Elf. You don't think the classic original is better than Elf? I really like Elf. I also really like Elf. I'm a huge fan. No, if there's one you can put up there it's the, it's the classic original and it is surely for the reason that it is a heartwarming traditional christmas movie with a good message and it is like 27 minutes oh i know you can just yeah. consume it it's very quick it is a no risk situation right like you can watch that or you can watch an episode of america's realist desperate housewives of orange jersey <laughs> But here's the thing. You know what's funny about those housewife shows? 
is nothing that is Housewives, funny about those Housewives shows. Just like as a as a as a, uh, a whole thing is that they do the housewife thing and then they become more famous and more wealthy than their husbands and then get divorced. Yeah. Because like you know a lot of the time they just marry this guy because like it's like a gold digger situation. I don't want to be that guy that calls people out on this, but if anybody is a gold digger, it is the women on the Real Housewives of X City. Yeah, absolutely. They're the worst. They're the worst people. Right. I just I just thought that was a. I just thing. I hate that they exist. I hate that like there's an audience out there that wants to watch those shows. Right. That is like I have to have. This. I have to have this. Uh, now I do also want to talk about ranking. Okay, so we're, we're still in ranking. So I would say like a year from now, if we say the classic animation is better than Elf. I don't think I'm going to be upset with myself. No, I mean, we can say it's better than Elf. That's fine. I don't think either of the other ones are. No, I think, I think honestly, actually, I don't know. Honestly, I'm very torn on 2000 and 2018 on which is better. I like 2018 better. I do. I, I think Keenan Thompson more. is hilarious yeah. and, and the ending is more satisfying. I would me. agree with that. I think just, I think just for Max the line, is yeah, perfect. Max is great, but just for the line where Grinch is giving the speech and Keenan Thompson is just like, that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just, it's just so, like, I've just been saying this to a lot of people. Like, you have to go see the new Grinch. It's delightful. And it just is. It is delightful. It is a worthwhile use of, are they all a one? I feel like you oh, have to yeah. have seen all of them. Yeah, you got, I mean, if, if, if any of them are a one, they're all a one. Like, yeah. well, it just, just for the, the this study is... of, like, seeing how they come out. I think there's also a, a conversation to be had about this myth and exactly like how they come well, there, out. Three different directors, three different time periods. But like there are a few things this, more ubiquitous to the Christmas tradition than the idea of the Grinch, which is mind blowing to because me. like somebody says at any point in November, somebody's just like, I don't want to listen to Christmas music. The immediate reaction is like, what a Grinch or a Scrooge. Yeah, definitely. But Scrooge is like, that is a that is old. That is dickens yeah like that is that is christmas right that is what gave christmas it's christmas right like they made that movie uh last year about charles dickens like the man who made christmas i didn't see it i just remembered it existed i wonder if it's any good the man who invented christmas 2017 about charles dickens i just should see this movie got a 60 on metacritic that's palatable yeah that's watchable what is what is what does rotten tomatoes say about it maybe i'll watch this and report back that can be my home what does rotten tomatoes say about it 80 percent certified fresh dang how did we miss this uh because it came out at christmas last year when i was getting married yeah we were busy yeah, we were super busy watching star wars yeah with the star wars happened yep 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 and solo happened mm -hmm. i like solo but nobody Solo came out this year. That's mind-blowing. It looks like nobody saw this movie. Really? It does not look like it was released in theaters in the U.S. It does not have a United States release date. Or box office score. It has a box office of $8.1 million. Nobody saw this nobody movie. Nobody saw this movie. Okay, cool. How do we see it? I'll find out. It had a good cast, right? Who, who played Dickens? Dan Stevens. Oh, no idea who that no is. No idea who that is. But Jonathan Price, Governor Swan, played John Dickens. There you go. Played a well-to-do Englishman. That guy is built for that <laughs> <laughs> He's John Dickens. John Dickens was Charles Dickens' father. Jonathan Price, Governor Swan, that guy. Commodore. Commodore. All right. Well, let's let's wrap this baby up, man. We did the Grinch thing. We did three movies. We did. I think we did him justice. I think. I think. So you're saying it goes 1966 Grinch, 2018 Elf. Elf. Oh yeah. 2018 Grinch, 2000 Grinch, Polar, Polar Express. Express. There's a pretty wide margin between Grinch and Polar yeah. There's Express. like eight Die Hard movies. <laughs> And Iron Man 3. Yeah, Iron Man 3, better Christmas movie than the Polar Express. The Polar Express could I have think... been so good. It's such a good book, but those kids are truly horrifying. Yeah, they're very scary looking. Horrifying. I think, I think Iron Man 3 comes in above 2018 Grinch. Really? 
You yeah. hate Iron Man 3. I mean, like, why did they ruin Ben Kingsley and Guy Pierce in the same movie? Why did they do that, Ethan? Why would they do that to me? You got, like, two amazing, wonderful actors, and you just put them in, like, the dumbest roles. Sorry, say all that again? Ben Kingsley and Guy Pierce, Ethan. Yeah. Why would you waste both of them? I don't know. I liked that movie. Ben Kingsley could have been using that whole persona, the act for Mandarin, could have easily been Ultron. I would have been cool with it. Had to be James Spader, obviously. But if yeah. it didn't have to be James Spader, it could have easily... He could have been Thanos. He could not have been Thanos. No, Josh Brolin. <laughs> ben Kingsley could not have been Thanos. I don't know. I do love Ben Kingsley. I also love Guy Pierce. Could have been Red Skull. I love Hugo Weaving, too. Yeah, but Hugo Although, Weaving gave it up. You know, speaking of Hugo Weaving, we got to talk about this. I forgot that we had to talk about this. Mortal Engines. Poor babies. Did you see it? No, 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 no. It it cost $175 million, okay? Made zero Made $8 million opening weekend. Hey, that's a Tickens movie. $8 million. A Peter Jackson movie. Made $8 million. I don't understand how that happened. Nobody the saw movie... it. Nobody saw it. Nobody was sitting in the theaters. Because I know I didn't see it. I didn't go see opening weekend. I wasn't like, man, I gotta go see Mortal Engines. I was like, interesting concept. This movie looks awful. I didn't know what the premise was like the previews were so bad that i was like okay london is a car kind of like that doctor who episode with the space whales i didn't read whatever book this is based on i'm gonna pass that was the exact uh yeah thought i had too was about the space whales yeah star definitely whales. space star whale whales. thing star, star whales. whales yes whatever they were whales in space yeah uh, kind of uh, like but it was england not whales i mean london they were whales with a d with an h yes. whales whales london but yeah i thought it was i saw the first trailer where it was just like there were no people in it, it was just the city of london scooping up a smaller city right and i was like okay this looks cool and then they put a story behind it and i was like nah it doesn't look cool anymore and the posters were just some girl's face in a mask yeah some girl i don't know i i honestly felt like this was a for a book that i didn't read that is a genre that i don't it care is a about. book you didn't read is yeah it? is it in a genre i don't care about uh, high fantasy oh, yeah, maybe definitely. i don't know sci-fi would you call this sci-fi i don't know ask carrie oh there's a many the first books. of four I'm gonna. Uh, you can get her five ninety nine in your Kindly. At Casey Winters Wonder. Mortal and is that case? I won't. My baby. I, I asked baby Casey Winters. I don't know if he's getting back to me before we finish recording this. He's currently playing Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. I don't know what that is. It sounds fun. It Ethan, I don't want to alarm you. Please alarm but me. Mortal, Mortal Engines, Hungry City Chronicles by Philip Reeve, 2005-12-13, Mass Market Paperback-1652, cost $141. Interesting, interesting. I can tell you as soon as I saw the cover for this book and it had that writing on it, that I'm not going to read it. Yeah, that font is a good that way to get font. me not to read it. I don't book. know what it's called. That font. I'm never going to read this book ever. There's no circumstance under which you could put that book in my hand because I guarantee you it is in excess of 1,000 Bible thickness Bible print pages. You think so? Absolutely. That is that, that font screams that to me. What was those, what was those books? Um, I don't even know. Oh, it was Game of Thrones. That's what it was. That Thomas Burford used to read in high school. He was reading Game of Thrones? Yeah, back in like whenever. Interesting. Yeah. Lexile measure is 990. That's the kind of book that you just find. It does it's not under sci-fi fantasy. It's just under like fiction at Barnes and Noble. That book came out in mass market paperback. <laughs> it's 320 pages. Really? I yeah. would have bet no less than 1,000 <laughs> based on that print. That font says 1,000 pages. That book says it's 1,000 pages. It cost $7 at Barnes & Noble. That's what that says. Steampunk is uh what they're going for with the, this whole thing yeah absolutely but 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 that's not a genre that's like a aesthetic anyway mortal engines we had to talk about it because it was the flop to end all flops there's no chance they're making their money back on this one peter jackson might be finished you think so i don't know man those hobbit movies 
were pretty bad. I liked those. Hobbit I did movies. not. I thought they were fun. I did not. There did not need to be three of them. It is a short book. No, I agree with you there. It's definitely a short. Although, book. Although you know what's a short like book? A... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, it's a short book. But that's the, the movie is about writing. Casey and Winters and I in Discord earlier were talking about this uh, about guys like J.R.R. Tolkien and George R.R. Martin who now Casey Winters he is from the platform yeah Doc Doc Made Made Nine Three Quarters podcast yeah um. Let's give a little we shout were talking, out. and he was talking about how those guys are more concerned about the story. I mean, I mean about the about the world and the history than the story. And I agree with that. And they both wrote books about the lore of their own worlds. And you know who I want to do this is J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I, I want she's to. She's talked about doing it. I want to read. A History of Magic by Bethilda Bagshot by J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it can I be well. 3,000 pages. And I you, will you read all of it? Every single word of it. Yes. Now, do you think if she does that, she takes theory away, or do you think she adds to it? I think she adds to it. Because History of Magic stopped, was written in like, I don't know, the 50s or whatever. I think she just gives more things to talk about. I would also be interested in every Hogwarts textbook. I would read The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter by J.K. Rowling. What if she outsourced those books? I just want them to be written and stamped approved. Stamped canon? Yeah. I think Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore would be an interesting one to do, especially if she got a different author, because it would be, like, canonically correct, right? Like, it would be what Rita Skeeter wrote, but it would not be full of accurate information. Probably, yeah. But I don't care. I just, I don't care what it says. That's the thing, is I really don't care what it says. I just want it to have the, the rubber stamp of approval that says, I can treat this as the word of God. I don't want it to be unreliable fan fiction, even though it literally is unreliable fan fiction, even if J.K. Rowling writes it. Right. I just want it to be canon. I don't know we, I don't I don't want it to be like Star Wars Extended Universe. That was too much. Anyway, we need to wrap this up. All right. Uh, so, a breakfast food for the Grinch. I think this is like rotten eggs. And who? Green eggs and ham? And who hash? And who hash? Sounds like a breakfast food. Yeah, that's easy yeah, enough. Yeah, sure. These are great movies. Um, You guys should watch them if you haven't already watched them. Uh, and... You know what I'm going to try to do, Ethan? What I'm going to try to do is, in the next few days, I'm going to record a video of myself reading the original text of The Grinch. I'm gonna try to do that, upload that to our Facebook or our YouTube or something. And then, you know, if whoever owns Dr. Seuss, the Seuss estate reaches out to me and says, hey, you can't do that, then I'll take it down. But I'm gonna try to do it. Okay, okay, do it, do it to it. So people be looking forward to that. Also something we have to talk about on our YouTube channel. If you are not subscribed to us on YouTube, please go ahead and knock that out. If nothing else, Ethan is putting out an amazing vlog uh, that you need to catch up on and you need to be watching. He's doing weekly vlogs. He's done two already. He's he's promised at least two more, but I I I, I personally believe he's going to keep doing it. Uh, they come out currently on Saturday mornings. We may adjust that time schedule. We we will adjust that time schedule. <laughs> I think their new home is going to be Wednesdays. Wednesdays, okay. Uh, so new vlogs every like the Wednesday. J vlogs are Monday. I think you could do Monday though. I don't think people. I don't think you're losing. Like I think when people watch the J vlog, they're ready to watch another vlog. You think I should do Monday? I don't think you're taking anything away if you do Monday. Okay, I might do Monday then. I don't think you're losing it. I think you're gaining if you do Monday. Okay, then I might do Monday. Either way, I'm not doing Saturday mornings anymore. Gotcha. I'll do them through December. I because I, I did my my goal was vlogmas, so I'm gonna do December first through seventh, and then eighth through. 14th and then 15th through 21st and then 22nd through 28th and then more and then from there we'll take it from there i might not like miss a week but like just be late and go from there right yes yeah, so we're doing vlogs that's very exciting and what else is new ethan what do we do at the end of the show we sign off we sign let's do the off. actual sign off today okay so um you can follow us because we've changed everything 
since the last episode. Literally everything. So you can now follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bacon and Eggs Pod. You can yes. currently follow Tyler Carlin at AmeriCarlin on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at WowNow and on Instagram at Bacon and Ethan. And uh, you can follow... We have new music. That's it. That's what I was going to say. The other thing. We have new music by Andrew Scott Bell, award-winning composer, uh, friend of ours, awesome guy all around. Uh, I don't remember his socials off the top of my head, but they will be in the description um, and I will know them for the future. And our logos are still by Vishon because it's awesome and uh, we haven't had him change it yet because we've already had him change it once and that's too often. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think that's all we say at the end of the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much again for listening to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. We hope you have the merriest of Christmases and we will see you again on Christmas Day, which is a Tuesday. So last year we did a Monday brunch on Christmas Day and this year we're going to do a Tuesday brunch on Christmas Day. So we'll see you then. We're really excited. I know I'm excited to record that episode with you on Thursday, Tyler, for us to put out Tuesday and it's going to be a lot of fun. Merry Christmas to the Yolks. Uh, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays, happy Boxing Day. Uh, whatever you say for Hanukkah, I can't pronounce the word. Um, but I know that already happened, but I hope it was wonderful for you guys too. Uh, I love the holiday season and I'm excited for to see what 2019 holds for us. And I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Not really sure why. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I've been Ethan Edgehill. He's been Tyler Carlin. And until next week, Arriva Dirchi. And he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Da 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 da